Welcome back to my lovely IHP community. We get to talk a little bit more about our 5DC relationships. Those of you who are looking forward to implementing 5DC relationships, let me ask, are you self-empowered yet? Let's find out if you know from a 5D perspective. 5D is unconditional love. It's called Christ Consciousness, Avatar Consciousness. It's part of the metaphysics, esotericism, mystic community. And it's a beautiful, beautiful dimension, a state of consciousness, which involves a person who has moved into what is an integrated mind, a restorative embodied self, or at least is moving their way towards it consciously. And um, that is where consciously would mean a couple of things. So one, your, your actual body naturally looks to restore you to a restorative embodied self. Your mind looks to restore itself to an integrated mind. And, and this I'm using, but let me explain why I say this. I'm saying it wants to restore itself to integration because it will want to restore or bring forth your trauma memory uh, to normal memory. So trauma memory doesn't have timestamps. It's not in the hippocampus. And it's, I forget uh, how they allocate it or how they talk about it, but it's a fragment. It's a, there's five images, sensations. I forget all of them. I should write it down. But from my trauma course with Dr. Wong, we learn about trauma. Actually, I think I have some notes here. So not everyone necessarily has unresolved trauma or trauma, but we all do have charged states. Charged states, uh, Sue Martin, my teacher from Albert's course on trauma, it's an educational certificate course, and uh, we got to learn about how to work with people who have unresolved trauma and trauma overall, and your relationships are very important to this process. So you're very important to the people in your life, and the people in your life are important, but you are tuning into 5DC podcast, so you can learn how to pursue your own healing. I don't prefer the word healing, but that's where some people do. I'd say that from a metaphysics, esotericism, and mystical and spirituality community, if you do believe you are consciousness, then you would know that you don't heal, that you are a piece of energy, and a piece of energy is simply returning to its origin, if you will, but you're not just a piece of energy. Right now, you're a lovely human being. And so in this lifetime, you're going to get to do your life of, of today. And even if you know of your other lifetimes, I do, uh, it won't matter because you won't be yourself. So cherish this one because it is the one you have as your name that you can cherish like an adult. And it's the most amazing thing you can ever do. In fact, enlightenment is not that far away. It's a person with an integrated mind, a restorative embodied self, a functional adult, and someone who moves beyond societal construction, meaning you don't think about gossip as good or bad. You don't criticize people who gossip or not. You don't think of the fact that words get changed and transformed and education updates as good or bad. You don't think of conspiracies being a truth. You know they're out there for a reason. They're not necessarily a truth. 
You don't get pissy with groups and get all riled up and think that you're the leader of justice fighting for everyone and nobody else is fighting for anything or whatever. You don't get all pissy like a teenager, okay? I mean, the reality is, <laughs> I'm going to say it a gazillion times. I was a teenager. I got pissy. I was an annoying teenager. I loved myself the same, and so did my friends. And to this day, lo and behold, I'm loved, and they love me. I love them, and everybody's imperfect. So what I get to find out more and more from these lovely trauma experts is how just being in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group is really about being a full-blown adult uh, with your emotions, though, because this is where we don't create ruptures with our loved ones because 5D is the land of love. Now here, I didn't hear of this while I was going through my lovely journey towards this plane, but I also see that the same people are not here. So the 4D community of mystics and channelers and the ones who are in the middle talking about matrixes and siphoning of energy, they are a group of educators that serve a purpose of holding and storing for now that information as it is. However, if they move into this lovely 5D plane, they will start to embrace more of the science in a more accurate way. What does this mean? They're going to get rid of the stories and give you the data. They're going to allow themselves to prioritize your education versus your ignorance and the storytelling. The people who need a hero and a villain are essentially individuals who are not yet established in an integrated mind of their own. And so they have stories that can justify the emotions that are in charged states. So people with charged states, we all have them. I got mine. They're pretty much good to, to go. I'm still working with Kali when it comes to some things and I don't have to, but I do because, and my two-year-old with my mother and my twin, that's about it. So other than that, my tone and the tone is what gives it away as well as your energy and your heart and your body. If you're aware of yourself, you will be very, very successful at achieving your integrated mind because you'll be successful at managing and not controlling, by the way, your emotions, managing them to bring them to become enriched. Because see, what I learned from the trauma experts I share as personal development, not for someone who actually is upset at the world, afraid of the world, and has had a very, very um, upsetting past and or is upset with life because this is where trauma is not what happens to you. It's how your body reacts to it. 5D body type will be a restorative body type. It will be a person who loves life, loves waking up every day. So my messages are for those people too. The ones who see the world and say, why is everybody being such a whiny baby about it? We're breathing, aren't we? And we can work together. I actually am here to support those people primarily and then anybody who wants to pursue inner growth. But I see a lot of people making up excuses for why they don't want to. So I'm actually even more straightforward than Sadhguru is because he's a, he's a guru. I'm not a guru. I'm just a person who's saying, oh, it's very easy to choose love. Oh, it's also easy to choose fear. And most people I've seen have chosen fear, by the way. It's not something funny and it's not something dreadful. They watch the movies. They justify it. They keep talking the same stuff. They're teenagers or grown-ups. Some have patterns that are so thick that you would be amazed. You'd be amazed at what a person who's in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group will think. It'll be like, huh. I'm not sure how to present my question because even though I may have pink tainted glasses, you really feel like a moron to me. And right now I'm going to be very polite and not say that to your face. And I'm also going to avoid 
trying to figure out if you're a dumbass or a dumbass because really in all of the situations, this is what it seems like. So we really just grow up to not be mean because the stupidity is of a person who's a pattern of themselves. Oh, let me not forget, adaptive children so that you can get the little memo before I go on. Trauma is important to note, by the way, because the people who do have trauma, if they choose to live their life, then they'll get out of it and they'll be happy for it. The ones who stay in modulated bodies are not happy. They're yelling at people and they're actually poisoning their body. Oh, and they're also more annoying than teenagers because they get rigid and then they get the educators who are rigid like them and then they think they can go around telling everybody else how to be a vegan or not be a vegan or, I don't know, yes to this uh, psychoeducation, no to that and they just keep wanting to parent each other which is really not fun because, you know, the Enlightenment so age person is free and we also know how to manage our emotions and our brains so we don't need a parent out there. The ones who want parents are the adaptive children who are seeking the perfect parent to help them feel safe. We don't feel in danger except for getting politicians and people up there to expand their consciousness. That is for sure. I want them to become superhuman, human, super, superhuman. Let them learn to use their brain. You know what, though? I actually... I'm so enamored with the political science dude, my lovely colleague. I forget his name right now, but I'm like, man, you just told me something that I know is going to happen. And what I love even more is how ego blinds people. And this is where the truth, always, always neutral, always neutral. So where's my little notes? I'm looking to define to you guys trauma. But yeah, the more I move into 5D, the more I'm like, yes, it rock and rolls and I can't wait. And I hope I see all of it. And the 4D people will not see this, by the way. Oh, and the 3D people won't either. The ones in other soul age groups, that depends if they want to keep on being their teenage versions or eventually grow up to be wiser. But they're already doing okay. They're participating in their way. And everybody gets to choose what soul age group they want to be in. I'm very happy with my choice, by the way. It's an infinite higher human consciousness potential choice. Not everybody actually wants it. Because it means moving beyond all of those things you believe in or think of, excuse me, or came across. It means continuing to be teachable, continue to learn. Who knew that we wouldn't know everything for the rest of our lives? Okay, so trauma, trauma, trauma. I know I have them somewhere. I'm still looking. The body remembers what the mind forgets. Jacob Moreno. Then we got Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen. If you want to know which way the wind is blowing, look at the sand. So the somatic narrative is what speaks loudest than anything. The somatic narrative is your body's narrative. But your mind, soma, if I remember correctly, mind-body. So somatics is a new, well, it's to me a new field. It's not a new field apparently, but it's a lovely field of psycho psychology, psychotherapy, I don't remember, but they're in the therapy community and they work with people and get their body and mind into harmony. So somatics actually focuses on the nonverbal cues and a person who has a dysregulated or modulated embodied self, before they can move into restorative, which is where your body's like, oh, it's okay to be alive. So it's a soft body, it's a happy body. You're happy about hugging people, not a tree. I'm serious when I say this. The people who want to hug a tree, they don't realize they're not in their healthiest human version. Their body still feels unsafe. And if they looked close enough, they'd know why. If you have a permissive parent or an authoritarian parent or one in the both, 
but not an authoritative parent, already that style will lead you to have some type of not sense of safety. The authoritative is the one that gives you that one-third of attunement at the least, which gets secure attachment, and then is able to repair rupture consistently. So they might not get it right the first time to tune to your needs emotionally, because emotions are important, and that's your nervous system. So we, as a species, didn't learn to self-regulate. We actually have evolved to co-regulate, and that's where this is Russell Colt's evolutionary processes shows when it comes to relationships that people have learned to co-regulate and don't self-regulate. Now you can learn to self-regulate, but this is where the beginning of your life, the first year of life will either help you to have that resiliency or not. And so it's not the 100% attunement of a parent, at least as according to attachment researchers, that creates a resilient person, meaning a person who has a restorative embodied self and is able to easily move to an integrated mind, which by the way, so non-integrated mind, let me explain that one. Thank you, Daniel Siegel, my interpersonal neurobiology class, which involves the disciplines of science, mathematics, physics, chemistry, biology, psychology, sociology, anthropology. It's amazing. I need to finish it so I can get my lovely certificate and put all of them online so you all can go join and take the classes yourself or just see it because they're nice to have. No, it's actually so that people can go and find the institutes and see the certificates. It's important for the ones who are curious. But um, I was looking for something else. Daniel Siegel, ultimate relationships uh there's a decrease in the respect of their differences and there's an effort to them to become yes just doing th everything together so in contrast to excessive linkage when people are grown-ups uh, they become differentiated selves and that means that you're able to link with others and join but not merge you you, you are able to see that you're a person they're a person you have thoughts they have thoughts you have opinions they have opinions you have emotions, they have emotions. And so the fragmentation from trauma is different than discernment and differentiation. And it has a different feeling to it. Fragmentation is like a violent rupture and a lack of relationship, breaking of it and integration. There's little or no relationship to the past. Hence, well, this is for multiple personality disorders, but there are those who also just have fragments that are not ruptures, so that doesn't create multiple personalities. But uh, they met, the adult metabolizes the child, the traumatic charge, over time. And so the charges decrease in relationship to time, and that's when you go to sleep. Okay, so here's where this is Sue Martin, who's talking to me about, okay, differentiation. Now, the functional adult part shifts, the wounded child parts Thank you, Sue Martin. This identifying with dual awareness. So as I was learning about this, she's explaining the charge parts. All of the psychoeducators explain we have them. They're frozen in time. But as I just read to you, they actually metabolize over time and they decrease when you're sleeping. So when we sleep, our trauma memory, our, our charged, traumatized stuff allows itself to move into normal memory. And that's where it doesn't have to be anything major. But when you're dreaming, one of the reasons the lovely psychoeducators, somatic therapists, sensory motor therapists, the good psychotherapists and psychiatrists too, 
they will have these pieces of information. So the differentiation parts move into a more integrated place where the most predominant part is still being led by the adult. The functional adult, but the wounded um, pieces have been able to, over time, be integrated into that fabric rather than being a differentiated experience. Okay, so we need differentiation before we can have a true relationship. This is my note. These are my notes, okay? It's another way to think about it. You're both that child and the adult. And it is something where there's you, you wanting to be autonomous and differentiated beings to have a true relationship, okay? That's the piece. So we all have the tendency to merge, but merging is actually not what you want to do because that's where everybody has a preferred passions, preferred ways to spend time, okay? So all your, all your relationships where you merge, there isn't enough differentiation. So you don't stay separate, not by being cold to each other, but by being aware that you each are your own adult. And it's not just in relationships. True autonomy will automatically spur a relationship. And this is where it is a reactive autonomy that allows people to be around each other and have compersion, for example, like with solo poly, it's because of being a poly secure person, for me personally, that I'm able to handle situations with people that have been a part of this journey of mine to the best of my ability. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I've never said you are to be blamed for my emotional state. No. I've always asked, are you happy? Is this what you want in life? Good, okay, we can keep moving forward. There is no reason for rupture to happen. And in fact, there is not really rupture on my end of the spectrum. When I look at my relationships, there is people making clear what they want in life. A differentiated self remains secure. An enlightenment soul age person moves more and more into this spectrum. And so when we have emotional stuff happen, twin flames, soulmates, oversoul, we're not dictating what we're doing on a story because we're actually metabolizing, naturally speaking, because our predominant relationship is with our adult self. We are connected to our higher self, which is the adult of any person, if the person moves out of their adaptive child, which I've seen most people don't. So again, if you're out of it, this means you don't point a finger to anyone and say, I don't believe in love. I don't believe in people, I don't trust people, I don't trust anyone, I don't trust the world. All these sentences are all these teenagers who have grown up. Oh, everybody's spiteful, everybody's vengeful. You know what, when you meet spite, vengeful, gaslight, they're all people with problems. They all need a good therapist and two and more. The ones who have shared with me that they like to manipulate emotions, and this is in different ways, different shapes, different forms, and with different attitudes about it, and some have shame about it, which I hope they move beyond because as long as they have shame about it, they're going to stay rigid about it because they will not be actually forgiving them own, their own self about it. And the immature feminines who think that they don't do stuff. When I see a 4D person being like, ha ha ha, oh, you're getting your karma and, then, and whatever they're doing that, yeah, that, that's called an adaptive child who's being very immature and who's being spiteful in that moment. 
And that's where Claire's no Claire's don't matter. You're being a spiteful person. Or like the therapy lady who's, here's 10 ways to get underneath the skin of a narcissist. Oh, this is how you're going to empower yourself. But she's saying it with a tone of vengeance. Hmm, let me think. If evil existed, where would it be? Uh, I'm going to say you with the little coat and a therapist license and you're doing shit like this. That's what I'm going to say would be quote unquote evil. But this is where it's not evil. It's a person who's up in their adoptive child let me go grab my Terry Reel before I forget, because I love that man. He is awesome. If there's one man that I'm truly falling more and more in love with because he tells it how it is, and he's not rigid asshole either. He's just kind of like, okay, are we done sucking up to being, you know, kid? Are you done being a child about your shit? And he just talks real talk. That's all he does. So when you are an adaptive child, it means you're unforgiving, harsh and you don't learn new skills. I met a lot of people. They got Claire's. They're all in this. And I know I was telling you about trauma, but let me see before I go on, because I know that some people are like, come on, what's trauma? But trauma is essentially too much, too soon, too quick, too fast. Your body didn't get time to metabolize it. Metabolize it. There's a little bit of a rupture, and that's why it's not a big rupture, meaning it doesn't have the effects of multiple personality. It becomes a fragment that is a part of the self that is going to want to be seen and that's by you not by anybody else but to be seen it needs a safe space so there's a, a way that the enlightenment soul age person and that's where my light workers my 5d mystics who are in the enlightenment soul age group or going to at least move into complete 5dness are so we are here to be safe spaces for those who want to grow up and here i found it thank goodness so the five places where fragments when it's too much too soon too fast that's trauma too long too little too late it creates uh separation uh it creates this regulation there's no there's no time stamp so it doesn't get the memory doesn't get put in the hippocampus uh what we got are stress hormones and there's triggers that then have these memories come up okay so what is trauma trauma is too much, too fast, too soon, too long, too little, too late. And it's a shock. It is something that your body just uh, doesn't have the time, again, to put into the hippocampus to store, to organize, okay? And so it breaks apart. And there are no words to speak of it because it's nonverbal. And this is where your first three years of life, essentially, if I'm not mistaken, that's where the one-year-old to three is attached panicky. And the first year of life, your attachment is going to matter because that's where your body will have to meet what is non-contingent communication potentially. And so we have avoidant, ambivalent, those are non-secure. And then for the ones who have a terrifying household in one way, shape or form, if their siblings getting beat up, that's a terrifying household. If the parents are fighting, terrifying. They get left in their crib every day just to cry, cry, cry. Maybe they only get fed, neglect. So they need, you need to be held. Not being held is a problem. Your ventral vagus nerve doesn't get activated. Your social engagement system doesn't know how to self-regulate. So when you're all frigid by yourself, which is why I disagree completely with putting your child out in the cold, which I've seen the Northern European countries do, and I know some people are like, why? 
it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, you are the same person who wants to potentially hug a tree and you don't know the difference because you didn't get hugged by a person necessarily. And I'm not going to say it's better or worse, but I'm going to let you know that that's not our mammalian heritage to be rigid like rocks. And I know we all look at Vikings and, hey, I love a story or two, but it's, I don't want my I don't want humanity to be Vikings. No, I, I don't like what the Vikings did. I don't like what the Roman Empire did. I don't like war. I don't like people killing each other. I think that fighting is something very, very unnecessary. And I believe that our ancestors did it because they lived with one, animals, bears, tigers, aha, uh -huh, and today it's 2023. And I don't promote that. I promote co-creation. Oh, yes, I promote going with the flow. Excuse me, I promote enlightenment. Oh, wait, did you think it was living in the mountains? I'm so sorry. No, that's not the only way to achieve enlightenment. It is our lovely humans who evolve. And thank goodness I do not exist in that time anymore. And if I did, I do not want to remember those times because I have read about it and it's horrible. And anyone who promotes those disgusting movies, well, guess what? I'm so sad that you feel that way about life. You obviously didn't have a safe environment growing up. And I'm not going to say, oh, let me talk about human suffering because it has to stay. No, actually, it doesn't. There's a way for it to, to be there. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. <clears throat> you can put in the effort. So dysregulated, modulated bodies, the people who have big, big things. There's plenty of great somatic sensory motor therapists out there. I promote them. I support them. I'll let you in on who they are, all of them. Um... <clears throat> for my group, 5D, unconditional love. It's called Christ consciousness, not because of religion, because he's an unconditionally loving man who lived and existed and said, hey, forgive them for they do not know. You know how many people that I've gotten to deal with who, who have been very rude to me, by the way, on so many levels, but I'm a grown-up, so, you know, it's better not to <clears throat> engage. Plus, I'm a four-foot-nine woman who won't even, you know, stand a chance, so I'm smart enough to want to stay physically safe there's no reason for me to stoop down that low and be a teenager when I'm an adult. That's another area. And yeah, revenge, there isn't revenge. I mean, this whole idea, sweet revenge, people living movies their entire life. I, I swear, in their head, by the way. That's a, a horrible mental prison. Uh, let me say that one. So, trauma, the tipping point. Okay, so something basically breaks, and what breaks is going to be uh, sensations, image, behavior, affect, ah, meaning, meaning. So these are the ways that you actually can heal, because that's the, those are the parts that break off. And when separation happens, this is Peter Levine. Somatic experiencing, I believe he's the one who draws and created the um, window of tolerance. There's also a window of welcome, by the way. So things that can create a resurfacing of unresolved trauma for people, and that's where the implicit memory, so people who have bursts of anger, people who lie, people who gaslight, all these behaviors that people judge based on societal stuff versus understand what mental health is for real. Oh, yes, don't get me started on the mental health advocates who talk about people being toxic and then create their boundaries and they're all pissy at each other. They're all modulated bodies still and they're not even aware that they haven't completely healed yet, but yet they're yelling at each other, creating more suffering for each other because they're all now in their us versus them group in sympathetic mode, their bodies are all vigilant. They're always afraid of those others, and the same goes for the others, and then they're going to get all angry, 
they're gonna think and feel like they're fighting justice while they're angry in their groups and insulting each other by voice. Oh, and these are also intimate relationships, by the way. Oh, excuse me, I forgot. Yes, and 4D likes to call these people toxic, all of the 4D people or the other soul age groups that don't grow up and say, oh, wait, we're being toxic because I'm spitting at you right now by being so upset. You know, I love my, my one friend. I'm thinking about my, the old man, my old man friend who's the big baby. He, he spits when he gets excited. It's a cute, that's cute. I mean, obviously, it's like, okay, come on, stop. We all tell him you're, you're spitting now. But he is excited, which is very different. Now, it's true he could get better help, meaning he could keep doing his journey. But he found a way to coexist. And he found people who love him with his imperfections and his, his actual very, very mechanical, my gosh, this man. But see, he stays in your heart. Because once you get to know him, he's like a little soft teddy bear who's not, he's harmless. And so many women will judge this man and men and of all types of political, religious backgrounds and societal backgrounds because he's an oddball. And he does get sometimes a bit annoying, that's for sure. But he's a good oddball, meaning he couldn't even hurt a fly, even though he claims he could. And granted, you know, let's not push those buttons because anyone can have a tipping point. So he, he definitely didn't heal all of what was his trauma stuff, but he's grown up to be a member of society versus what would be the opposite of this same type of person, which I can clearly see would not be very good at all, but they'd end up in prison at some point because, you know, when somebody goes rigid, they're not actually a person who's going to keep on having the availability of their emotional sanity there will be a rupture. And when Patrick McNamara talks about the dangers of religion, he makes the point of very violent, very extreme. And here's why, for me, it's important to know I have Claire's. I love my dream state. I love channeling, Akashic record readings, all of it. It's amazing that I can support people who want to move into 5D. What I will not support is a shaman telling someone, don't do therapy, come and do a shamanic ritual. No, let you do a shamanic ritual. The ones that have the somatic therapy, good experts with them, a good expert will be there. In fact, there are those who are bringing together the different disciplines because of understanding that when we do have channeled guidance or in this case, a shamanic ritual, which I am not, I have not done. I might participate at one point. My friend, there's one of my friends, he really, really wants to do one. And so he keeps on letting me in on it. And he really wants to involve me with his shamanic stuff. I'm not as big of a fan, but it's something that is beautiful. I've, I've heard about it. Long story short, done responsibly, like with psychedelics, it's done with people who know how the body works. I can't wait for Peter Levine. So he's the somatic experiencing founder, and he is the one who talks about the um, constituents of these experiences of rupture or the sensations, the image, behavior, affect, meaning. So this is how stuff will be able to be put away Okay, when we start to fragment the experiences of the fragment, they disrupt in these areas and there's a disruption on all of them. So sensation, there's no example, but affect is like the feeling of happiness or the feeling of not happiness. Behavior would be mm, teaching and 
well, behavior. Meaning is whatever meaning you give it. And the image is, it's like a flashback. So you can have outbursts, flashbacks, irritable, edgy, tension, anger, okay? These are all uh, defensive. They can come up. Uh, sensations of hyperarousal, panic attack, rapid heartbeat, shaking, dry mouth, shortness of breath. Okay. When you can notice how you are feeling in your nervous system, we have three main ways that this nervous system will respond. Sympathetic, hyperarousal, or the parasympathetic, we've got dorsal vagal, which will bring you to potential freeze. <laughs> and really, it's a there's various ones for the dorsal vagal because there's the catatonic one, and then there's the one that is still a little bit of hyperarousal. I think that's the deers in the headlights, but I forget. The other, which is the one you want to learn how to be in, is your ventral vagal, ventral vagus. And so that's where it's your social engagement system. Okay, so now I've done a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I was reading to you something from Sue Martin. Let me finish that one too. Now that you know trauma too much, too soon, too quick, too fast. For a person in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group, we don't actually have emotions that we're not aware of or sensations. So like for me, my, my panic attacks, I've always been able to manage them because they began with the ascension energies and I already had began to have my clairs activated. So I knew that I was basically being a channel because we're all a channel. And they also stated light workers, some of us would be holding the light. The way they explain it is that you're holding the light so that earth can become a 5D. Today, I can pretty much laugh at that because every human being is a light. The difference is that the ones of us who began ascension with knowing about it from the metaphysics as a terrorism world. And so for me, I didn't get scared. I wasn't destabilized. And I definitely didn't think of myself as anointed in any way, shape or form because we're a big ball of energy. It only made sense to me that I'm a conductor. I'm tapping into this field. I did speak about it a lot more with the vocabulary of spirit and spirituality and universe because those were the words that I, I was being given. But I did not talk of creator as if it were God. That was nowhere near close. Uh, in fact, yeah, not, not, not at all. I started to see people doing this and I'm thinking, uh, if you wanted to be in the monotheistic religions, you should have stuck to church and not spiritual stuff, which is where... Once I came across Sadhguru, I'm like, oh, thank goodness, somebody who knows spirituality for real, not these other people. I don't know what they're talking about. I get astrology. I get, again, as a terrorism, I got all of that pretty clear. I know where I come from when it comes to the different dimensions. I got plenty of stories on that one, too. I didn't get lost in being from the past or the future and be like, oh, I'm still so anointed. I'm so special. Oh, yes, all the technology around me, it's going to go crazy because I'm so special. Some people actually, in 4D land, they still do this stuff. You know, everybody knew I was special when I was giving birth. Okay, really. And all of this stuff was going crazy and wacko, and you know what? And here's where I've also had stories of, oh, yeah, while I was in this house, there's this spirit thing. And I was in a moment in a fight and discussing in a very, very agitated way with, with the partner. And, oh, but... But there was a spirit. I told them there was negative energy around here. And oh, lo and behold, the glass breaks in my hand and it's going flying everywhere. And I'm like, wow. Okay, now you're telling me in my head, I'm thinking, 
are you hurt? No, they're, okay, good, good. Thank goodness they're not hurt. And they're, they're explaining all these people, uh, their loved ones. I love them. They, they coexist very great with society. Believe me, they're great and dandy. So when I explain to them what structural dissociation is, none of them listen to me. So that, that the best I can do as a friend is, is be there and make sure they're safe. I, I can't dispel something that they don't want. Their story is just too good to be true. So I'm being explained this entire scene and I'm thinking, shit, you're replaying shit out that you don't even recognize because you're too busy making it into some fantasy land of 4D mysticism, which I totally know what it is because I hear the light worker people in 4D land talking about karmics and negative energy and the witches and the hunts and all this stuff. And so I see where their verbiage is coming from because I know the tarot readers they follow all of their channelers, same thing goes for the other people. I know exactly where their sources are and all of them have some type of attachment wound that none of them are paying attention to at all. So, oh, excuse me, again, 5D. Yes, it's not that. That's definitely something I noticed as I moved into my complete clairs with my panic attacks, my lovely twin flames and soulmates and all this stuff. And you know, Here's the thing about your oversoul. It's called quality control because they will not be the ones who have the um, love, compassion. I don't know which one, which one of the words shall I use. They will have enough of the room to care about listening to you so that they can know you're safe. We'll put it that way. So when I realize that, I'm good with that because I know my loved ones want to keep me safe. They don't have the dream state. They don't have the clairs. They don't have any of this. So they're like, huh, my friend, my family member, they seem a little off right now. And that's where the off is okay. We don't get offended. That's what secure attachment means within your own self, differentiated. It's okay for me to feel and think differently than my mom, my sisters, or whatever. It's okay for me to have experiences that they don't have. It's not called that they're in my dream state. No, they're not. And it's okay that they might tease or, 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 or concern, be concerned. It's okay because I, I actually do know what it means to stay grounded, which is not talking about a glass breaking in my hand as if it's something amazing. And something that equals karma in the room, negative, positive energy. Okay, so the people who are in the 4D spectrum, let me break it down, they are very much part of society. And they're not whack jobs. In fact, their structural dissociation is so small that it doesn't disrupt anything. Which is why the therapists don't have every person in their therapy room. There's not enough to go around anyways. But the reality is these types of experiences don't create physical danger. The ones who end up going into uh, a psychosis, they end up in the hospital. I had a person tell me about one of their breakdowns. It was during one of these ascension moments. The same person asked me for a Reiki session, Akashic record reading, and wanted to speed up their process. And they got someone who told them they could. And I'm like, no, no, wait, 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 wait. I will love to consult with you. And then I was like, and then we'll see. Can we take it step by step so that you can allow yourself the time to actually get your light body to assess itself within you? Because it, it, the, so I didn't have time to consult with this person and I left it alone. They did not get good advice from whoever it was that told them about Reiki or energy and this whole entire world. And this is why that is irresponsible. Anyone who's in a mystical spot 
and wants to be able and support humanity and people. You don't promote something like that if you actually know what mental health is. You promote equilibrium, balance. Oh, stay, stay grounded here. Take it step by step because too much, too quick, too fast, too soon. When someone's telling me how special they feel, that already indicates to me you don't have an awareness of yourself because you're not special. I'm not special. You're a person. And you're having some type of dream state, which it's okay that it's not a hallucination. We know this. Thank you, Patrick McNamara. But what we also know is it's not grounded in the day-to-day. So how about you maintain a level of ease within your nervous system? And I'm a person who gets really excited, by the way. So again, these are all examples of different types of walks of life. Now, the ones who are in 3D, they, they're just going to insult like the person <laughs> who talks about polyamory as if it's a whore. Oh, that made me laugh, that comedian, man. I wonder if she's serious or if she's just joking. I'd love to meet her. But um, here's where somatic empath. So the 5DC in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group is a somatic empath. We are the people who will basically feel because somatic and somatic experiencing that approach the somatic experiential when you're helping someone to walk through something it's to bring forth that fragment that is ready to be seen so you can create an experience for that part of the person so that they don't feel alone and i want to read to you about that Uh, so the challenge is if you don't know how to feel yourself your capacity to feel others is extremely diminished. And so that creates where you're not going to be able to empathize at a deeper level and you ha- and then create curative agents, okay? That's where the 4D people are at, 3D people, and anybody who doesn't have complete compassion for humanity and knows what actual, um, you know, adaptive children are. So let me get to Terry Real. Relational mindfulness is what he teaches. So how to be mindful, to pause, to pause and silence yourself, get yourself to neutrality, and then repair with your relationships. And he primarily focuses on couples, but you can do this with anyone. It's called you caring about your friends' and loved ones' opinions in the sense of I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like with the 4D, I don't go around saying, hey, you're structural dissociation, only to one that I mention it, but it was because we were talking about actively things that are in grounded land that was where i i got the answer of no no but i was conscious i did not dissociate oh by the way we all dissociate 80 percent of people do daniel siegel gives the example you're driving down the highway you're thinking of your vacation to hawaii you get so immersed in your thought of the vacation you skip your exit that's dissociation so the one where you actually lose Where you are is something different. One with the the different personality disorder, that's an actual break that can be worked on, by the way, with the person and the therapist. But the other structural dissociation, those stories that I gave you, those are all that. And the grounded one, too, when a person's saying, oh, no, but I'm conscious of it. Yes, you're conscious of it in your mind, but the implicit memory is what drove it. The emotional response, the reactivity is what drove your actions and The thinking pattern is not of an adult. So there's no higher self present. There's only your adaptive child. Okay, so here's what the adaptive child is not going to try to repair. That's not the objective. The adaptive child doesn't repair. 
it's protecting your wounded child, it's protecting the fragmented parts, it's protecting the areas that you have not become aware of, that you've not moved into your own hippocampus time stamped, and this means that you did left, right, made sense of those emotions in your own thinking, not the storytelling. Oh, wow, I have this emotion of anger. Wow, I have this emotion of disgust. Wow, I have this emotion of revenge. You name the emotion and then you're like, wow, where is it coming from? What's it about? You get curious. If you get into your inner critic, outer critic, you ain't curious. That's called shame cycle. And you're still in your adaptive child who's going to rule the, the world of you, basically, because that's where you don't realize you're being an asshole to yourself versus exploring the emotion because the story, again, is too good to be true. And this becomes this habit that people do. It's called shame, blame, fault, revenge, and it's a rumination cycle. And that's why people have human suffering, by the way. They stay stuck in their temporal junction. They don't say, oh, wait, I'm exploring anger with what? Uh, well, something happened and it triggered my anger. I don't need to tell myself a story of the whole world is bad and make up some shit. No, I can just sit here and know I have an emotion and I'm having a reaction. This is very straightforward. So five things the adaptive child will try to do, which is not about repairing at all, even though they think they will be, and this is in dialogue with other people, uh, it will try to prove it's right. So every person who tries to prove they're right in a conversation is their adaptive child, tries to control their partner, yep, and that can be in manipulation, gaslighting, or even just without realizing it, I'm going to try and control you. That's happened in many different ways. Three, unbridled self-expression. Let me let you in on how miserable I am. So there's just, oh, no, no, no. The other one is retaliation. Let me hurt you like me, like you hurt me. There's people that have done this to me when I did do nothing wrong. I didn't do anything to hurt these people. My attachment style friend is one of the perfect examples because when they did their little long list way back when, uh, ending it with the way they did, that's exactly what that is. And that's an adaptive child. They're saying they're conscious of their spiteful act, but they are not conscious of it the adult way. The adult way will then say, wow, it's a really shitty friend. I said that shit. Damn. Now, if you become a consistent adult, you don't do it again. That means you don't do spite again. That means the next time you think of doing something that would be hurtful because your emotion is coming up, I want to do this, you'd be like, wait, let me remember. This comes from a lack of something. So not judging the emotion is very important. Otherwise, you can't uncharge it completely. So retaliation, let me hurt you like you hurt me. This is all made up in the brain of an adaptive child, by the way, who is an adult who's going to create a story. Oh, no, I actually am right because you know what? You did this. You made me wait for weeks and weeks before you answered me. I'm going to say you're tactically doing something, which is one of my lovely attachment style friends and I's latest conversations way back when before now it's I miss you. And we're back to friend zone. And hopefully the aspect of being too upset with me won't happen because maybe they've grown up a little bit and they won't transfer their emotional suffering, which I'm sad about for them, but they keep on allowing themselves to justify or really what it is to stay in a shame cycle because it's where when you do something spiteful, you'll just feel shitty, but you won't change the action it's because you're not working on the emotion that's why the fifth is withdrawal so now i'm gonna remove myself and pretend like none of this ever existed and i'm going to ignore the fact that i hurt someone i love on purpose because of trauma that i don't have resolved this is the saddest thing so when people are in their biological rudeness don't be mean to them if you're the adult in the room 
understand adoptive children they think they're going to repair but they're not really thinking at all they're going to prove they're right because they're an insecure ego they're going to try and control you because they have no control they don't have a sense of safety in their body and so they need to control their environment they're not growing intimate with you they're not growing intimate with themselves they're going to then basically make it into a sob story with this unbridled self-expression make it all about them perhaps and how unfair you are how whatever it is or they're going to retaliate because the minute that you didn't support them i'm going to hurt you because you hurt me because you didn't put up with me or whatever it is you didn't put up with my bullshit oh oh now that i didn't successfully do any of this i'm going to withdraw i'm going to be quiet i'm going to silent the silent treatment this is something that i've seen before and whenever it's happened oh you know what i love about being in the enlightenment so age group Silence means you choose to distance yourself because it means you don't care about building a relationship with someone. That's all that it will mean. It will mean something sad, but it will mean solely silence. And in fact, here's where my lovely attachments, Dalfriend, when they did use this thing called silence, because that was one of their the parts of being anxious is that there's not a way to calm it until the person learns to be able and take the secure attachment, which is what I am to my lovely friend, and to then feel it's okay, they do love me, I don't have to feel anxious, I know that they have things that they're doing, and so if a person gets to metabolize that, which in aging you do, you move into an adult version of yourself. Now, doing it consciously is very different. So for all of you who have loved ones, if you're looking to support them to move into grown-up land, you're going to handle their adaptive child with gloves and with love and with firmness. So whenever people have done things that are a little bit too much, like my attachment style friend, it's not ever been where I'm rude to them. I'm always, mm, okay, this isn't tactical, this isn't strategic. No, I'm not doing it on purpose. And no, I don't believe in negative energy. You know, there, there's always been conversation. The tone of ventral vagus nerve to those who have adaptive children is unsatisfactory because that two-year-old really is upset that their parent did not reassure them. And it's not their thinking brain. It's their body that wants a hug. But if they don't allow themselves to take in the hugs, take in the love, they're not going to dissolve that implicit memory. So when you meet people, if they are in any way, shape, or form adaptive children, allow yourself to be compassionate because they're not trying to repair. They don't know what repair means. They're trying to be right because they're insecure and they don't realize it from a two-year-old. They're trying to control you, but really they're trying to stay safe in an environment that they have no sense of safety in. Their unbridled self-expression is them maybe being very sad and scared and, again, not getting sued. And the retaliation is, I'm going to fight. My nervous system is going to say, fuck this shit. I'm going to fight you now. You didn't help me to feel safe. Now I'm going to be a little bit of an asshole, quote-unquote. And it makes sense to me, a poor two-year-old, three-year-old who's not feeling comforted. I know what it's like to be smothered to death by kisses of my mother. So I know how to say, get off of me, stop. But I don't know the opposite. And I can only imagine how awful it would be. Like, I can put myself in that spot. And so withdrawal is the only way they know as an adult to stay safe in them because of the 
a shame cycle that's so sad, they will move away. So be kind to your loved ones. You be the adult and do know that there is never enough compassion to go around. The Enlightenment Soul Age group people are who I look forward to meeting more of. The functional adults and the ones who are soft and gooey and can say to those who are rocks, totally get it. I'll wait over here. When you want to come hug me, let me in. <laughs> let me know because I'll be here waiting for your hug. Uh, it isn't fun. It's never fun. So the nice thing about people who do meet those of us who love them is that they know they can always come back because we don't go anywhere. We are that contingent, consistent communication, like my friend who wrote me, I miss you. And I do miss them. Does that mean that I think their suffering is done? No, no, <laughs> but it's okay because, you know, here's where the patterns are patterns. If they move into a natural uh, uncharging, that's why there's different degrees of types of relationships that we can, we can work with. I want to say deal with, but work with. As long as you present your story, not as a story, but as, hey, here's how I'm feeling, here's how I'm thinking, and it doesn't matter if you're doing it in a charged state. If those are grown-up relationships, either they accept that you tell them how it is or they don't, and if they don't, it ain't your problem. When people don't accept my authenticity, I don't actually never have made it into a problem, and that's when I'm unconsciously loving and compassionate or being someone who doesn't care about you telling me that dreams for you mean something. They don't mean that for me. So thank you for letting me in on what you think. And I do know about the difference about people being concerned. That's why we always know our loved ones have concern when they are looking at you with eyes of, I understand you. I see you. I hear you. I trust you. I love you. And I'm here for you. Let me hug you. Let me let you know I'm here. Let me, you know, let you hear what you're saying. And this is where for the 5D mystic, it's not a weird thing that our loved ones have concerns when we begin having our clairs because they would not be loved ones if they didn't. But it isn't okay. And it isn't someone who cares for you when there's gossiping about those aspects of your weirdness. Now, it's not a bad thing. I have friends that are, that are in that spectrum. That's where those individuals, they don't actually recognize the silliness of them because they're talking about a person they love in a way of gossip. But then again, that's because they don't have the experiences and they're afraid of it, but they're not afraid of it in a way of saying it honestly to themselves. And they're also curious about it and they don't do it in a way of actually embracing it completely. So they sit in the middle and they call that, you know, basically gossip land is what we're going to call it. The people who love you and are concerned they will actually be there listening to you like I do with my friends and just making sure that it's within reason. If it's not, hey, guess what? I know some good somatic sensory motor therapist. I've been told about therapy before by my loved ones. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm grounded. Do you not see that I'm fine? I'm not going around with a magic wand, even though with Reiki, for example, this is where my sister stop, stop with the Reiki. I'm like, they are full of wanting Reiki, all these people. It's not me, it's them. <laughs> and so the part that, again, you will notice is all those people, by the way, are my friends now. So they have Reiki sessions, they, they seek me out. Some of them, you know, it's, it's very funny how, how we get into these conversations. There's a way that a person who's 5D knows where they're being appreciated for the right reasons and where it's appreciation. It's not wrong reasons, but it's with different. And so when people gossip, I know of these people, 
the ones who get spiteful or vengeful they're the saddest cases because that's where spite and revenge is really that's just sad because it's a person who's a child who didn't get loved enough and and now is 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 you know doing and turning some stuff around that is not good or bad it doesn't do anything it's something they feel inside their body and that's the part of why it's sad so let's help people to grow up and not be ashamed of envy jealousy spite revenge blame shame these are actual feelings and safety behaviors that can move into neutrality into grown-up land if the person has someone who says hey guess what it's okay that you were a person who did this act of spite or revenge it's understandable for those who want to talk about it those who don't still when they come back around we're here we welcome them open arms and the reality is people choose what state of consciousness they want to live in so again just share love be authentic be transparent allow yourself to know what's what and you will grow those relationships authentically because no one can pull anyone's you know wool over the eyes this is the part and if we understand it's safety behaviors not evil demons which it's not you can work with the person and they might be able to live a better life inside their own body so looking forward to hearing your thoughts and experiences calling in or leave a message have a great day